0: And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hi, it's Jill Herman. I'm so glad you're back with me on Be You. So the last couple of episodes have gotten really, really, really great. I always use the word feedback. I will say a great response. I mean, any response to the podcast is great. Like I welcome all feedback. What I'm saying is the past two episodes in particular, I don't know that they're better than than the other episodes that we've had. However, we've talked about what happens when you raise your vibration, when you change your frequency. And I noticed that even though those episodes were recorded when I did the podcast tour in Austin back in November, there's something about the way they're landing with people right now. I have people who I would never guess would have been open to some of the things discussed on both of the episodes who are messaging me and saying, if you looked at the B Podcast Instagram account, you've seen me sharing these in stories where they've texted me and said things like, you know, I'm loving everything she's talking about. I can't wait to dig in more. I want to learn more about shadow work. I think I might even be open to trying a plant medicine ceremony. And it's so beautiful to do this with you, you know, and I've never claimed at any point, nor will I ever that I'm ahead of anyone. Like I just decided to do this podcast because if you've never heard the story before, I just felt the nudge. I felt an intuitive hit, whatever you want to call it, a download, a whisper to do it. And I wasn't even an avid podcast listener at the time. That's the part that was so strange to me. When I decided to go ahead and move forward and do it, instead of writing a book that I thought needed to be written, I decided that this would be like something for myself, something where I could speak into existence what I have been working on and working through for the past few years. And if it helps some other people, that would be great. I wonder if there are other people out there who feel this way, who think this way, or who want to go on the same journey, or who already have. And if you haven't heard me say this, I'll share with you something that it still surprises me when I say it. But after I launched the podcast in October of 2020, I looked at the board that I'm looking at right now. I call it a whiteboard. It actually is not a whiteboard. It is a wall in my home office, which I'm going to try to describe it to you. It's like an, I call it like a cutout or an inlet where it's a, if you're looking at this, you probably could think of a better way to describe it. So it's a desktop built into a bunch of cabinets on a wall. Okay. And there are these doors that close off the area I'm describing. And now I have it open and I'm looking and on the back wall, I have that covered in glass. And on that glass, I write things with dry erase marker or I put things up there. I stick them up there with tape. And one of the things I noticed after this podcast was launched and after I found out that it hit top 100 on iTunes, out of 2 million podcasts, we hit top 100 in month 5, which I didn't even know what that meant at the time. I looked down and I saw that I had written some affirmations for the year, but it was for the year before. And it said, my podcast explodes with success in 2020. Of course I wrote that. The interesting thing is that I had no intention of ever having a podcast. It just came out of me and through me. And, you know, some people will call that channeling. Some people, there's so many things you can call it. But whatever you want to call it, something spoke through me. Didn't understand it. Didn't really give it any merit. I just had it on this board. After the podcast launched, and I looked back at it. I was like, oh my gosh, what the heck? Same thing I felt recently when I looked back at my vision board from like three years ago. You know, we do vision boards many times at the new year. And we think, you know, that by doing that, that means everything's on there is going to manifest or come true that year because we say so, right? We forget that timing is God's timing, in my opinion. Yes, we can compress time. Yes, time is an illusion. And there are things that sometimes that we just cannot control the timing. Even if we attract it and manifest it, it will happen in my, I believe, at the right time. The right time meaning when it's appropriate for the path that we are on. When we're ready, not just when we want it. And so when I look back at like vision boards from a couple of years ago, I noticed that every single thing on the vision board, every single thing has come true. Everything on there has come true, down to the detail of I have chickens and a chicken coop. And it's weird because many of the things on there, I'm like, I don't have to have this stuff. It just would be great. And I just felt called to put it on there. So when I look at the podcast, it's interesting, as I said, because it did explode with success in 2020, but I never saw it coming and I wasn't attached to that happening. So it wasn't really like a wish list or like a dream board. It's something that just came through as I was doing the ritual that I do in the new year, reminding myself that I don't have the wheel of my life, that I'm in control of a lot, but I'm also not in control of a lot and that I'm okay with that, that my life is fully surrendered to whatever isness you subscribe to the force and beauty and power of omniscient, omnipotent love. So as I'm sitting here in my home office, I normally record at our downtown apartment. We have to have a downtown apartment. We get to have a downtown apartment because we live in the country and we have like really, really, really bad internet here. Like it's it's as bad as, I say it's as bad as dial-up. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really frustrating. And so I... Created an office space in an apartment in our downtown city, about 20 minutes from my home in the country, when I would do Zooms a lot for my previous business. And I knew it would be also great for the podcast. So I'm really happy to be greeting you today from my home. Because as much as I appreciate that other location, and you know, we have had some great conversations together, you and I and us with other amazing guests over the last Almost a year and a half now from that location. And I realize it's time to come back home, to be here in my home. I just feel more comfortable here. I feel so different talking to you right now in my home than I do in that apartment. It's just warm and cozy here. It's where my children live, it's where my husband lives. It's where our dogs are and our chickens are. We live out in the country with a bunch of woods around us and a big five-acre pond. And that nature speaks to me. I can feel it even when I'm inside of my actual house. And so I don't know how this sounds saying this to you, but I'm just going to say it. I am so much happier to be with you. I feel like you're in my home right now with me. So I'm looking at this board that I call a whiteboard, which is really just a wall with glass on it. I wiped it down fresh and clean today because I had to replace the glass that's on the actual countertop part of the desk. It was broken because I tried to podcast here um, a year ago and I cranked the thing too hard and cracked the glass. So it's really beautiful that, that they needed to come and fix that because I realized, oh, I'm supposed to podcast here. I really am supposed to podcast here. This is where I'm meant to do this, in this home. And so I wiped down some things that were on that wall. And you know, when you cut your hair or you clean out a closet or a drawer or you wipe off a board like this or you tear the page off of a calendar, it doesn't mean you don't appreciate it. You're not breaking up with it necessarily. You're moving on and transcending. And when you and I do that, We're also creating space for new, for new anything. And so I could feel when I cleared out this space and the new glass was here. And I'm gonna put a picture on my Instagram story when this launches, because I want you to see this. Not because it's like beautiful or anything, but I just want you to see what I'm talking about, especially if you're a visual person. I left a few things. I left the Hipponopono prayer of, I love you, I'm sorry, forgive, please forgive me, thank you. We've done an episode on that. I have um, my favorite affirmation, I expand in abundance, creativity, success, and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. I added a little like faux wood plaque thing that my husband got me for Mother's Day that says, you are the mom everyone wishes they had. And it has my kids' names, Mary, Jessica, Julia, Thomas, and George. That's very significant to me because As you know, I've always felt like I was a horrible mother and I have so much mom guilt. So that was a way for me to sort of remind me that I'm a good mom and sort of like teach myself a new story around that. I have a really cool, just black and white printed out picture that I found on the internet of, I would describe her as how I want to be when I'm older. And her essence is she is a natural beauty. She doesn't have much makeup on. She's probably 75 to 80, but still dressed very youthful without looking like she's trying to look young. She has this beautiful white flowy sort of boho blouse and a bunch of jewelry on her wrist, which is very casual and down to earth. A watch, beautiful, just natural wavy, slightly curly hair and a little bit of a longer bob. And she's pretending to smoke a cigarette with what looks like some sort of a weed or a flower or something that she grabbed from a meadow. It's whimsical, it's spunky, it's funky, it's badass. So I have that there. I have the names that I don't know that they'll stay, but the names of the chapters of the book that I keep telling you I'm going to write, (laughs) that it started being written and then I stopped. I'm gonna tell you the names of those chapters. The first chapter is called Guilty by Existence. Chapter two, Potion, Cake, and Armoring Up. Potion and Cake is a nod to Alice in Wonderland. Chapter three, I have as Momming by Accident. I actually don't know these by heart. I'm reading these to you, with you, as I'm learning it myself, because I wrote this a couple years ago. Chapter four, Barbie, Norman, and June. That's about trying to be perfect. Chapter five, Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Oh, that's about the years of me hustling and grinding. Chapter six. I am not my mother. Chapter seven, meeting my three greatest teachers. Mm, My three kids I gave birth to. Chapter eight, yearning for another baby. That one's gonna be tough to write. Chapter nine, Russian dolls. I was always fascinated by Russian dolls as a child you know, the dolls that you open one and there's another, then there's another. I mean, I'm still right now, oh my God, I have to buy some. I just got chills and I just feel like I'm gonna cry. That's when you know your body remembers something that your mind doesn't. And it's not a sad memory. Like I'm supposed to have Russian dolls and I, oh, I can't wait to get some. It means so much to me. You know, I look at you and then I take off a layer and there's another layer and there's another you and another you and I dig deep and I find the real you. Mm, That could be a great, great metaphor for be you. Chapter 10, Rocco and the Sage. Rocco is my grandson. The Sage is me. Interesting. I'm going to go ahead and go off on a tangent and read something to you. Hold on. Okay, so what is this from? I paid a company called Scribe Media to help me write my book. I want to write the book myself. It's really important to me not to have a ghostwriter. And I also don't want to think about like the structuring of it or the editing or the publishing. And so I had the intention of writing the book. And as I told you, I... Stopped. And during a two day workshop at the beginning of that contract with them, we were asked to write out the names of our chapters. And by the way, I wrote those chapters out in a matter of about 30 minutes without any thinking. And and I'm not saying that to impress you. There's something impressive about that. When you turn your heart on and you're in flow and you turn your brain off, that's what will happen. So I also wrote this. I don't even remember. I think we were supposed to write some sort of a brief description of the book. This may never be what I actually use but I want to share with you what it says here so I first have a quotation by Carl Jung the greatest burden a child must bear is the unlived life of the parents the greatest burden a child must bear is the unlived life of the parents just think about that feel that without even knowing it we put that burden and that pressure on our children Everything we wish we would have had or done or experienced. Everything we wish we would have been. Without even knowing it, we can put that pressure on our children for them to be that. And we'll say it's love because we just want what? The best for them. And then I put here. And the greatest burden of motherhood is the life we think we are supposed to create for our children. And we never will ever. When I realized that it was my ego and my trauma that they were feeling while my lips said, I love you more. It was my job to fix it. Fix me. Heal me. All while knowing I was never broken. When I acknowledged the armor I had willingly put on over the years and committed to removing it, I was able to be the mother they deserved. Flawed, forever not getting it right, but happy. Only after becoming the mother to myself that I never had. So that's the description of what I know my book is going to be. I know it's going to be called Bad Mother. Fun play on words. I'm really excited to share that with you when it's ready to be born. I personally believe it's going to be ready by August. I, I believe I'll be starting to write within probably another week or so. I feel like it's coming. All right. Why am I telling you all this? One reason I'm telling you all this is because my husband was telling me the other day, just as a friend who listens to the podcast, Had said, And they said they liked it when I had an episode where I just talked to them about like my life, not because my life is so interesting, but because we've gone through so much together in this podcast and we go so deep and we talk a lot about things that are deeply personal, but I don't share a lot of the behind the scenes of my life other than really deep stuff. Does that make sense? And so I had no intention of saying anything I just said to you, by the way, I actually just sat down and was going to do a quick intro and go into talking about asking for help, um, not being a weakness. And so let's get into that. But I felt called to say what I said, because I'm sitting here looking around and I feel so good being here. And I'm so glad you're here with me, as in like here in my home. Side note, if you don't do this, even if you're not a super visual person, consider how important your surroundings are, right? Our eyes, whatever we see, sends a message to our brain. And remember that what we see over and over again becomes our truth. It becomes our reality. So I personally would recommend, you know, having everything in your home It doesn't matter how expensive it is. It can be things from a garage sale. But everything in your home be something that makes you happy, brings you joy. Something that if you grabbed it, you'd say, oh, I like this. I'm glad this is here. And you don't have to be someone who's into interior design or anything like that to do that. And you don't have to do it. I recommend it because I know what it does for me. And I know how it feels when there are things in my home that I don't like either the way they look or there's bad energy attached attached to it or there's guilt attached to it. I'm going to talk to you. My friend Caroline, who I just, I just hired her and her team for the podcast. I'll tell you about that in a minute. She just had a great idea for me. We were talking about purging and purging in a closet. And she's like, it would be so cool for you to do an episode actually in your closet where you're actually going through the clothes. And I think I'm going to do that. But you know, I have many things, um, even in my closet or items in my home that I feel guilty about getting rid of because I haven't used them. So I feel like I'm being wasteful. I feel guilty because someone gifted it to me and I didn't like it and I feel really bad about that. Or it's something that I want to use or I wish I would and I'm holding out hope that one day I will instead of just loving what is and being okay with the fact that I probably won't. So as I'm sitting here, I'm looking at how much joy I get from this space that I created. I have leopard print carpet. I have a seat that I'm sitting in which is comfortable, but it has a look that I really, really like. I have a really uplifting, my taste doesn't need to be anyone else's wallpaper on the walls and a bright raspberry velvet couch. I remember when we were building this house, um, we had nest cameras in the home and. <laughs> One night we were checking on the house because it was far from where we lived and we just want to make sure it was okay. And we heard the guys, they were either electricians or painters or something, talking about this office and laughing at me, saying, I don't know what this bitch is thinking, but I mean, she's going on some sort of safari. I don't know what the hell she's doing. They're laughing at me because I had leopard carpet and I had bright, bright, bright green doors on my office with the pink couch, et cetera, and the wallpaper. And the wallpaper wasn't in at the time, but the point is they were just laughing and I wasn't offended at all. I thought it was funny, right? Because I would probably think the same thing if I saw their style. So I invite you to consider making sure that your space, even if you only have a little closet to do this with, having at least one space in your home that reflects you, whatever you like, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, brings you joy, it raises your vibration. And considering in your whole home, making sure that you have lots of items that bring you joy, but also getting to the point where there's nothing in your home that doesn't make you happy. And again, this is not about money. You can do this on any budget. I know this because I've always lived this way. And I've been broke beyond broke before. I've painted things myself, wallpapered myself only used wallpaper that was like in the 75% off bin at the paint store. I mean, there are ways of, you know, gotten things from thrift shops and garage sales. And you might say, well, Jill, that's good for you because, you know, that's your thing. You're right. That is sort of my thing. So even if you're not into design and decor, I truly do believe that everything in your home is speaking to you. And you could change things up and change the way you feel just by doing that maybe it's just a fresh coat of paint it's funny that i'm talking about that because now i'm going to transition into our topic for today and that's actually part of the topic even though the topic today is that asking for help is a superpower that it's strength that it's powerful that asking for help does not equal or equate to weakness or being too much part of that is telling you that me asking for help helped me decide what the five facets are of this podcast. So let's start there. I have never had any help with this podcast other than, and it's it's a big deal. I shouldn't say I've never had help. There is a team of people that I pay every month, Luke, who's listening right now, who does all the amazing editing. Thank you, Luke. Amelia, Amanda, they all make sure that the podcast is edited, that it's published to all the platforms, the show notes are written, and all the links are where they need to be. If I have a guest and they say, find me at www.bu, it's there, right? So they do a lot, all the heavy lifting. Because I don't know how to do that. And I also was willing to admit that I didn't want to learn how to do that. I would never do it as well as them. This is what they do. And I was willing to invest in the podcast to take that off my plate, to have it done well, but also to make sure that I didn't have to do it. So I have that team who does that. But I've never had anyone else helping me with the podcast as far as booking the guests. And and by the way, none of that's necessary. I've done it myself and it can be done myself. Let me digress and admit something. I had... Someone I was working with for a few months who was doing some deep dive analytics to help me learn about you, to, to help me discover who you are. And it's really interesting. I should read some of that to you. You know, I know what countries you live in. I know about how much money most people make who listen to this. I know about how old you are, not about, I know what percentage of you are this age or this age or this age. It's really interesting. So there's that team that was doing an amazing job doing that. And they did do some booking with me for my podcast tour. But other than that, I've just been winging it on my own, not knowing what I'm doing. I finally gave myself permission to ask for help, to say, I want this to be even bigger. I want this to grow in a way that I don't, I don't understand. I can't explain it intuitively. I just feel that the podcast is supposed to expand, not because I'm trying to get more impressive number, numbers so I can brag to people about it. Like, I mean, that'll be great, but I mean, I can't explain it. I just know it's supposed to expand. It's supposed to grow and and, and morph. And I don't know how to do that on my own. And so I hired this amazing company called uh, McKinney Media. Caroline McKinney, I'm so grateful. She is a huge fan of the show. And that's why she's such a great fit. I had a message in a dream a couple of months ago that whoever I hire needs to be a female. I mean, that was a literal message in the dream. Someone said to me, whoever you hire for your podcast needs to be a female. And so Caroline is a perfect fit for her. I adore her so much. And so when I was willing to say, I want help and I need help and I deserve help, I want help, I need help, and I deserve help. Just pause there. Do you ever say that? I don't just want it, I deserve it. And it's okay to say, I need it. There are certain things that we don't need that we just want, but I need this if I want this to grow. I want this and I decided to say, I deserve it. So I hired Caroline and her team and we were had our very first call the other day. And she said, first thing, I want to just talk about what are the five like themes of your podcast? I said, I don't know. And she said, well, just think about it. Like, what do you like to talk about? Look back at your past episodes. What do you talk about? And I said, well, obviously spirituality, that's the category that we are in. Conscious parenting and relationships. Trauma and somatics. And then I paused. I'm like, and I don't know what else. And I said, you know what? There are a couple of things that I don't talk about and I wanna create that right now. And so I'm telling you that the podcast is also gonna be digging into two other areas that I've just touched my little pinky toe in before. And that is biohacking and alternative wellness, right? Holistic and alternative wellness and biohacking. And then the fifth category is what I talked about a little bit before when I was talking about your surroundings in your home and that sort of thing in my closet, et cetera, and I'm calling it creative self-expression. So you will be hearing episodes only in those five categories. It's pretty much what we're already doing, but I'm adding creative self-expression, alternative, I'll call it alternative or holistic, wellness and biohacking. And then I'm also making sure that in talking about our parenting relationships, that it has a category, conscious parenting and relationships. When it comes to what I talk about in trauma, it's gonna be a lot about identifying it and how to get it out of your body. Like the different modalities, how do you do that? Like what is breath work? What does it mean to do anger burns? How do you get this stuff out of your body and why? So we're gonna dig into that more. And as far as spirituality, I'm really excited to talk to all of you about what that means and maybe even pushing us to our edges a little bit. I have a psychic and intuitive that I talk to. I have an angel healer who I've been working with for eight years. I've only mentioned her a couple of times. Some people get weirded out by that. Some people are all about it and excited, but I'm going to be talking more about that. Anyway, so I'm really excited about, but that came only from what? That excitement about this podcast. That new, just rejuvenated feeling I have is by realizing, listening to myself, I need to come home. I'm going to start talking to my friends in my home. I'm going to talk to you, my friend, in my home, from my home. And number two, giving myself permission to hire McKinney Media. I also have on my heart connected to that, that we will one day be a part of a network called Dear Media, I'm gonna speak that into existence right now. I don't know why, but I feel that we are supposed to be a part of that family. And that's the same network where Gabby Bernstein's podcast lives. So the other part of asking for help and remembering that it's not weakness. You know, we did an episode on how does she do it all? Well, she either does and she has dead bodies and she's exhausted or she doesn't. She delegates, she asks for help. She hires shit up, right? Remember that episode? You can go back to that and really dig into that. But a part of that that I want to spin off to for this conversation right now is making sure that there's no judgment around asking for help, right? There can be no judgment around it. Because if you're asking for help, but you're judging yourself, you're defeating the whole purpose. You're not going to get what you're supposed to get out of it. The whole point isn't to have someone take your laundry somewhere. The point is to free up your space, free up your your energy, have spots in that parking lot, have cars taken out of. So that way there is space for something new. Maybe new is just peace. Maybe new is just rest. Maybe new is joy and laughter. Maybe new is a new friendship, a new endeavor, a new business opportunity, a new hobby. I don't know. But I invite you to ask for help right? Give yourself permission for that without any judgment whatsoever and without any defense, justification, or explanation. It's not easy to do that. I'm horrible at that. I have to defend, justify, and explain it. My husband's like, who are you talking to? Yourself? Yeah, I think I am. I have to explain why I'm asking for help because I have the whole story that I have to do it all. Because why do people like you and I, if you're someone who feels like you have to do it all, people call you an overachiever in society promotes that and rewards you for that. Perhaps your family rewards you for that. That's actually a trauma response. Feeling like I need to do it all or that no one else does it as well as I do, that's a trauma response. That's an activated nervous system, speaking. That's not someone who is grounded and embodied, safe in their own body, comfortable in their own skin. It's just not. Now, when you're Safe in your own body and comfortable in your own skin and grounded. You may be someone who does more than other people. You like to get a lot of shit done. You like to be super productive. You like to have a lot of things going. That's different. Many of us do it all and don't ask for help though. And we call it, Oh, I'm just type A. I'm, and we actually like wear it as a badge of honor and we think we're better than people. It's just a way many times to avoid to have control to make sure no one else gets credit. There's just so much behind that. So asking for help can be a really, really uncomfortable release of control. Asking for help can be super, super, super vulnerable and raw and revealing. How do you feel when you ask for help? How do you feel after you ask for help? How do you feel when you get the help and you watch them doing it? Do you feel like you have to control it? Do you feel like you have to edit and recommend, and tweak? Do you let them just run with it? How do you feel about that? Do you feel guilty? Are you worried that someone else is going to get credit? That's my big one. I'm going to raise my hand. It's so embarrassing to say it, but here's the truth. I don't want other people to get credit for my shit. I want to get credit for doing the whole party, the decor, the food. Why? Because it comes from my not-enoughness. It comes from that deep-seated, still, ever-present story but I'm just not enough by myself. I have to be and do to be enough, and I'm aware of it. Can't let things go until we're aware of it, right? So another example in my life that I'll leave you with too is giving myself permission and saying that I need and I want and I'm excited to and I can get assistance for anything I want around the house. Like I have the time, guys, and I, and right now I'm grappling with. Do I tell you this? Because that's my old story, right? Why would I ask for help when I don't even work anymore? I used to work 80 hours a week, right? When I hustled nonstop and I had that business for so long. I've only had the podcast for now 15 months. And it doesn't require tons of time at all. I have lots and lots of time. Yes, I was watching my grandson full-time for a long time. I'm not doing that now. I have so much time I don't need to have an assistant, right? Right? I don't need someone organizing my clauses with me. Give me a break. Guess what? I get to. I want to. And I deserve to. And you do too. It's okay. If you're on a budget, maybe it's asking for help with your children for one hour a week, just so you can just chill and take a nap or watch Netflix, read a book without being bothered. Have a teenager come over one hour a week to fold your laundry for you. Shit, Yes. You don't have to do all that stuff. There are ways around it. You can cut out Starbucks. You can cut out all kinds of other things financially to have the money appear. Remember the parking lot analogy? It works with money too. You pull those cars out of that parking lot and you've got space and room for something else. So I hired Lizzie. Lizzie is a really dear friend of my oldest daughter. She watches my grandson on Sundays while my daughter has clients. And she is one of 11 children. Didn't need to interview her. (laughs) If you're one of 11 children and you're the third oldest, you know how to get shit done. She is so organized. She loves to work. She wants and needs more money. She loves her job. And it doesn't pay well. So I was excited. And I said to her, you know, how much money would you like to make? And how many hours are you willing to work? I don't care what the hours are. I don't care the schedule. I want it to be something you're excited about, and so we came up with something which is actually very fluid. So I can't give you a number right now. And Lizzie has been helping me with everything from cleaning out closets, organizing stuff, taking and returning all the things that I have been avoiding, and you know, I've been piling up in my car and I'm driving around like a homeless person. And oh my gosh, little light cleaning, you know. So she comes couple times a week. You know, I had her yesterday, like change the sheets and things that I can do. I don't want to do it. I'm also testing myself. What does it feel like to have someone else do those things? I've had a lot of guilt. I've had some anxiety around it. I have not wanted my husband to know that she's doing as much as she's doing. At times, I have felt like I need to get credit for it to the point where I've even made sure to tell my husband how much I did. Instead of just saying, isn't it great that that's done? I have to say, look what Lizzie and I did, right? Because I'm like a project manager. I I would be the best project manager if you hired me. Like I am wired like that. I will want, make sure every single box is checked. I will double and triple check. My perfectionist loves, loves, loves managing projects. And I'm really good at that and I like it. And so I don't just say, hey, have fun, Lizzie. Like I come up with the task. I give her you know, what I want it to be, what is my standard. We have parameters around it. I monitor it. Don't micromanage at all, which is surprising because I used to be a professional micromanager. Um, if you do that, by the way, it's also trauma. So my point in saying that is that I'm, I'm really involved in the process and then I'll be less involved as time goes on. She's only been doing this a few weeks. My point though is to be, you know, transparent and share with you that there's a little girl in me that needs to make sure that mommy and daddy know that I did it too. I worked too. I was part of it too. And my husband doesn't care if I was or I wasn't. It doesn't matter to him. So I've seen that show up. So I've been observing myself. I'm going to tell you the other observation. It feels fucking amazing. I am light. I feel airy. I can feel that all those things that weren't getting done because I wasn't willing to ask for help. It's like you have two choices. Either do it yourself, right? Or stop bitching about it. Like get it done or stop bitching about it. It doesn't matter if it's losing weight or whatever. Stop complaining about losing weight. Accept yourself the way they are, you are or lose the weight. Done. What I was doing, can you relate to this? all the stuff I wasn't returning or all the things I wasn't getting done that I wanted to get done because I should do it myself. I was shoulding all over myself. I was sitting in a pile of should. It wasn't getting done and I was feeling guilty about the fact that it wasn't getting done while I was feeling guilty about telling myself the story that it should be getting done when I could just get it done. So I hired it out and in a couple of weeks, almost everything is done. And the result is I thought I would feel bad because I started to. Oh, but I could have done that. I could have done that myself. Why did I have her do that? Oh my God, I can literally drive down the road and return that. This is stupid, right? I had her hold back one item that I wanted to mail myself to my daughter because I needed credit for that, right? And I realized this is so stupid. Like the amount of energy and mental gymnastics I have done, the energy I have wasted the precious time and energy I have wasted thinking about all the things that I should be getting done. Think of where that could have gone. And so her helping me, I have realized, as I said, also feels effing amazing. The result of that, the clearing out of space, the Cabinets that are cleaned out and cleared out, the closets, the stuff taken to, you know, charities, donated things that I've given to her. I don't sell anything. I just, I just give it to her and say, look, you can take this, you and any of your siblings or your mom. And if you guys don't want it, you can either sell it, you can give it to somebody else. And it just feels so good. So I'm inviting you to consider doing this on your own scale at whatever level you can do it. I recommend doing it just so you can see what comes up to observe yourself without judgment and so you can experience what it feels like to have the reward of having done that. So remember, asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It is a superpower. It has so many benefits that you will see on the other side and you're worth it and you get to, you can and you deserve it. All right, so if this was helpful to you or if you liked it, enjoyed it at all, please either text me in our text community, 260-217-4675. Jump on Instagram and message me, Jill Harmon BU or BU Podcast underscore and let me know because if you don't tell me, I don't know. All right, have the most beautiful week. I cannot wait to chat with you next week. Remember, breathe, love yourself and surrender.